Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. But if you're ready to level up your life and get results that truly matter in your health, business, mindset, and relationships, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to Sheer Madness, where we have unscripted, real conversations with the world's top athletes, entrepreneurs, and coaches. Discover real-world and tactical advice from the best in the business. Let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. Today, we have another episode with Christine, the dietitian. She is back today. Back, Back in action. It's been a while, but I'm happy to be here. We are super excited because if you guys listened to one of my most recent podcasts, I dove into the functional medicine approach to anxiety and depression. And today, Christine and I are going to get a little bit more specific on the nutrition side of things, what you can be doing with your diet to optimize your mental health and energy levels. So let's just first talk about the role that diet plays in our mental health. And I've actually found some really interesting research and they've shown that the diets of people with mental health disorders are lacking a bunch of key micronutrients for brain health. And they're finding that replenishing these nutrients can play a very important role in treating those disorders. And they actually have something called nutritional psychiatry now. And this is a fast growing approach that uses food and supplements in the treatment for mental health conditions. And why I love this being a functional medicine nutritionist is because oftentimes when we go to the doctor with depression, they say, hey, you have depression, here's a medication and they send you on your way, where there is a laundry list of root causes that can be contributing to depression, and nutrition is one of those things, specifically deficiencies, blood sugar imbalances, so we're going to be diving into all of that today. But scientific evidence has actually suggested that the nutritional treatment may help prevent, treat, improve depression, bipolar disorders, ADD, ADHD, autism, addiction, and ED, even eating disorders. And they showed in a 2017 study um, that they did for 12 weeks, and they called this the SMILES trial. Um, I love that name, (laughs) the SMILES trial. And what they did is they actually looked at the impact of dietary support compared with just social support in 67 people with moderate to severe depression who ate unhealthy diets. And what they found was after the 12-week trial, 32% of those receiving dietary support achieved remission, complete remission from their Mm -hmm. depression and everything that they were dealing with emotionally compared to only 8% of those in the social support group. So this just really dives into the power of nutrition. I think what's even, even cooler is, you know, when we can combine the nutrition side of everything deficiencies and also look at other root causes, whether Mm -hmm. that's going to be like your gut, hidden toxins, your hormones, your thyroid, and yes, of course, situational things, trauma, stress, we can really look at the whole picture Mm -hmm. of why do we have this problem in the first place and what do we need to do to restore function? So let's dive in. We're going to start talking about some key deficiencies that are really, really common that are playing a role in your mental health. Yeah, absolutely. So the first one we're going to be talking about today is going to be vitamin D. And if you heard previous podcasts, she kind of dove into this a little bit. But what we can see is that vitamin D is kind of one of those key nutrients that a lot of people who struggle with depression, anxiety, you know, kind of some of the um, things that Rachel just spoke about, a lot of them are deficient in vitamin D. And one specifically, if you've ever heard of what's called seasonal affective disorder, this is basically like seasonal depression. Most of those patients who were kind of diagnosed with that were low in vitamin D. And so vitamin D, we call it the sunshine vitamin Mm because most of the time we're going to get that from conversion on the skin. So you can get it through a couple of dietary sources, but you know, the main way that we're going to get that vitamin D is through the sun. And so it's, you know, especially for, I would say probably a majority of the population, you know, we're inside most of the time. It's Mm -hmm. difficult to get that adequate sun exposure. And I would say for, I don't know, probably like 80 to 90% of the clients that I see in testing, 
deficient in vitamin D. And if not deficient, they're low. So lower than optimal, what we can see. So vitamin D is just one of those ones that is difficult to get adequately through the sun. But you know, a vitamin that is so essential when it comes to brain health, brain function, and even our mood. So yeah. And we rarely see people with optimal vitamin D levels Mm -hmm. unless Mm -hmm. they're supplementing. They may not be deficient. You know, deficient is going to be below 30 nanograms per milliliter, normal between 30 to 100, low normal between 30 to 50, but optimal. So this is where we want to be to feel Mm -hmm. our best, Mm -hmm. to improve our mood the most is going to be between 50 to 100 nanograms per milliliter, which unless you're laying out in the sun naked uh, for like 30 (laughs) minutes every single day to get like the full spectrum absorption, more than likely we're probably not getting enough sun exposure to have adequate vitamin D levels. And then, you know, with everything with sunscreen preventing against skin cancer, which is all correct. A lot of us don't get adequate vitamin D levels, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's kind of one of those things on testing, especially the range for quote unquote adequate vitamin D is so broad. So what we're looking for is not necessarily just being in that reference range. We're looking for those optimal ranges, which Rachel kind of spoke about. And so, you know, we don't want just what's quote unquote normal. We want to be optimal because we want to see those really positive effects, those positive positive benefits. And especially for vitamin D, you know, that's a big one for so many people that is also pretty easy to remedy. So kind of one of those first things that we focus on. And it's interesting to me. So vitamin D is going to be a fat soluble vitamin. So also for lots of people, you know, if you're not getting enough of that dietary fat, which we're going to go into this a little bit here in a minute, but if you're not getting enough of that dietary fat, or if you have any sort of gut issues, so leaky gut, which Rachel Mm kind of talked about, which also can kind of factor into the whole neuronutrition part of everything. But if you're not having enough of those fats either, you're also more prone to be deficient in vitamin D. So there's kind of a lot of things that can affect those good vitamin D levels, but kind of first and foremost, the thing that we like to focus on because of how important it is when it comes to mood. Yeah. Everybody needs a healthy dose of (laughs) vitamin D and you can definitely take a supplement even if you're not sure of where your levels are at. Typically between around 2000 IUs per day can Mm -hmm. be okay. We never really recommend going much higher than that unless you're actually testing. But Mm -hmm. what's great about vitamin D is most doctors actually do test vitamin D. So if you, you have a primary care doctor, you can have them test your vitamin D levels, see where that is at, kind of figure out what may be some supplements that you can get on to get you more into that optimal range, but that is one thing that can really, really impact your mood. And I actually found some interesting studies about vitamin D and they showed that the lower your vitamin D levels, the more likely you are to suffer from depression. Mm. And they have decades of research to point to an association between these low levels of vitamin D, mood problems like depression and how supplementation can help. And one of these studies that they found was in the Journal of Internal Medicine and they followed 441 overweight in obese adults with depression for one year. And in this study, individuals who took vitamin D, and in the study they were taking, I think, 20,000 IUs or 40,000 IUs oh, per wow. week, not daily. Yeah, <laughs> I was so like, oh gosh. They were kind of doing a higher dose, yeah. but in like mm-hmm. one time per week, which mm-hmm. some people may do. And they reported a significant decrease in their depressive, depressive symptoms, mm-hmm. but those who took the placebo did not see such improvement. So there's a huge link between vitamin D and mental health. And, you know, this is an area that can be such an easy fix, like such an easy fix, Mm -hmm. get on a vitamin D, you know, get some sunlight. And even if you're taking a vitamin D supplement, I think it's really important to still get some adequate sunlight Mm -hmm. every single day and the role Mm -hmm. that that plays in your mental health and your circadian rhythm. But that's going to be one of the first deficiencies that we see that can really, really impact your mood. Yeah, absolutely. I think we covered it well. Yeah. Next one is going to be choline. And actually, most people have not heard of choline before. It it is a B vitamin. And they only discovered this and acknowledged it as a required nutrient in the Institute of Medicine in 1998. So even Mm -hmm. after I was born, Mm -hmm. by the time I was born, they didn't even realize this was like an essential macro, sorry, micronutrient that our body does need. And actually, nine out of 10 people, so 
when 90% of the American population is deficient. That just completely mm. blows my mind with mm-hmm. how many people are deficient in choline. And this is one of the most important micronutrients that plays a huge role in the production of something called acetylcholine. So we have choline and that produces acetylcholine. And this is a neurotransmitter that plays a really important role in regulating memory, mood, intelligence. And they also show that people who have a choline deficiency or even people who suffer with neurodegenerative issues like Alzheimer's and dementia, in a six-month study, when they gave them phosphatidylcholine, they improved memory exponentially. Mm. So people who have deficiencies in this, they have a, a correlation with memory issues, neurodegenerative issues, and even things like anxiety as well. So some great sources that we can get some choline from. The best source, in my opinion, is going to be eggs. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All those egg yolks, especially the yolk part. So don't throw away the yolks. We need the yolks. Yeah, those are so good. We Mm -hmm. need those. (laughs) Yeah, it's 136 milligrams of choline per egg yolk. So that is the richest source of choline that we can have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's funny that you say that, you know, choline was only recognized in 1998. I would say even before I started working for you, I wasn't really even yeah. familiar with choline, you know, a dietitian. So I think that it's great that we're kind of talking about this because of how important it is and also how easy it is to get that into your diet. You know, have some eggs a couple of times per week, you know, you're really going to be getting in that good choline. And it's so unfortunate that you know, years ago, they were like, you need to avoid the egg yolk. You know, that's yeah, the worst part. Cholesterol. But there's so many good things that are in that concentrated source. And, you know, the best way that our body is going to be able to absorb some of these nutrients that we're discussing is going to be through your diet. Like supplements are great. Supplements are fine. But if you can find that in a food source, not only are you going to be getting that nutrient, but so many other positive benefits from some of those things. And so that's why we're kind of diving into some of these food sources as well is because, you know, we always want to focus on that food first approach. And if we can get that through our diet, you know, kind of some of those different sources, that's going to be better all around. Yeah, that is so important because supplements can help and we utilize them all the time and they fill in the gap where our mm-hmm. diet may be missing. But so many of these things can be coming from our diet. So literally just getting in two egg yolks per day, mm-hmm. you're going to get your daily intake that your body needs of choline to support your memory and your brain function. But I can't tell you how often I hear people who come in and they're like, my cholesterol's high. So I cut out eggs for my diet mm. and we're not taking any consideration into the massive amount of sugar or processed foods or pro-inflammatory fats and we're just demonizing the egg yolks and those Mm -hmm. poor eggs they've been hit so hard (laughs) we love those eggs they've been hit so hard oh yeah yeah a runny egg yolk is like porn oh my gosh it's gold (laughs) literally it's gold (laughs) on a burger you can have it any time of the day it is awesome so next one we're going to talk about is omega-3 fatty acids yes such a good one and something to note is that there are a couple of different types of omega-3s and so this again is why kind of some of that variety in your dietary consumption is so important is because different foods are going to have different amounts of these omega-3s so we have epa dha and we also also have DPA. So we have those different types of omega-3s, which we also test for here at Rachel Shear Nutrition. So we're able to see kind of some of those exact levels. But it's interesting with omega-3s, you know, there was a study that showed in older adults who had lower levels of DHA, it was also associated with smaller brain size as well as kind of some accelerated brain aging. And so since we're talking about kind of neuro health, you know, mood, all of those things. We want to make sure that we're really supporting our brain because that has a lot to do with, you know, kind of clearing up some of those different symptoms. A healthy brain can lead to a healthy mood. So kind of focusing on some of those omega-3s. They've actually shown that people who are deficient in DHA have accelerated brain shrinkage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants any shrinkage. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> nobody not at wants all. any shrinkage. So, but seriously, how crazy is that? So, it, you got to get your brain right if you want to get your mind right. Mm-hmm. So, omega three fatty acids are so crucial. And one thing that I found really interesting when I'm studying, you know, neuronutrition is that there's only certain types of 
of uh, fats, micronutrients that can actually cross through our blood-brain barrier. And if you think of our blood-brain barrier as like this high security system where, you know, only if you're like this really special person, like the president, like you can get through, (laughs) you know, fats, omega-3 fats specifically, DJ and EPA, they get to go Mm -hmm. to like front of the line of that club. They get to get right in. They get to go in every single time. So these fats go directly to your brain. So when we're here at Rachel Share Nutrition and we're looking at your omega index, your EPA levels, your DJ levels, this is literally the Mm -hmm. ratio of your omegas in your brain, which is so, so, so important. EPA, which is the other omega-3 fat, plays a huge role in inflammation. And they've shown that in a study by the Journal of Neurology through MRIs that the people who consumed the lowest amount of EPA and DJ had that brain shrinkage that I was just talking about. And then in another study from the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition, they showed that DHA improves both memory and reaction time in healthy young people. So omega-3 fatty acids, you know, it's going to be so, so, so important for more of like your brain size, mm-hmm. cell-to-cell communication, memory, reaction time. It's very preventative for neurodegenerative issues too, along with those B vitamins that we're going to dive into here next, like choline. But what are some great sources that we can get these omega-3 fats from? Yeah. So number one, first and foremost, is going to be those good fatty cuts of fish. So things like salmon, mackerel, sardines. I know everyone hates sardines. I love them. Um, they're so good. I for can't the do brain. them. <laughs> Caviar is a great source yeah. though, too, yeah. actually. I think they, they said like one a tablespoon of caviar is like equal to the omega threes of like four ounces of salmon. Yeah, so absolutely. So get more you, bang for your buck if, if you, you want to be fancy. If you need more, another excuse to eat caviar, yeah, here it caviar. is. So definitely, this fatty fish is going to be that number one. But kind of a caveat with that is you want to make sure that the fish that you're getting is really good quality. So we want to look for wild caught fish. They've actually shown that the wild caught has a higher percentage of those good anti-inflammatory fats, so those omega threes, versus like a farm raised fish, which is, can be higher in some of those other fats. So make sure that you're getting those good quality. Another one of our favorites, definitely going to be avocado. So those good avocados, also walnuts have been shown to have good levels of those omega-3 fats, which obviously is going to be helpful for kind of brain health. So those are kind of a couple of my favorites. Yeah. And I don't know about you and I'm all for adding in like walnuts and chia seeds even too is mm-hmm. a great source. It, um, and avocado is like a source of omega-3s, but it can't be like your sole source mm-hmm. of omega-3s. Mm-hmm. You're going to literally have to be beer bonging those chia seeds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and, That would be interesting yeah. to see. <laughs> if you're deficient in those omega-3s and you're trying to like raise your levels and by mm-hmm. like just doing chia seeds, you're literally going to have to be doing something like that. So they are good sources, the plant-based mm-hmm. sources. Mm-hmm. So you can very easily get in some cheese seeds, some walnuts, but you still got to be getting in some fatty cuts of fish yeah. or at least supplementing with some fish oil mm-hmm. as well too. Caviar, if you're not a seafood person, if you're not, if you're very like anti-fish, gross, you can do some algae. Mm-hmm. Um, as a supplement. And they've shown that algae can be an okay source yeah. of uh, omega-3s as well too. So if you're you're vegan, you still need those omega-3s mm-hmm. to support your brain. You're probably not going to be getting the adequate levels from chia seeds mm-hmm. or things like that, even though there is some good amount in there. But where we need it to be optimally for your brain, we mm-hmm. really do need to probably be supplementing. If you can get away with doing an omega-3 fish oil, that's going to be your best bet. But if not, maybe look into some algae type fish oil as an alternative. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So next one we're diving into is the B vitamins. And B vitamins is so crucial for so many different processes in our body. When we dive into testing and we look at like your hormones and neurofunction and inflammation and methylation, Mm -hmm. which is a detoxification pathways, B vitamins is involved in all of these different pathways. And B6 in particular is like my favorite of the B vitamins. (laughs) And I think it's one of the most important micros for mental health health. And what's so interesting is that our brain literally cannot make 
neurotransmitters like serotonin or dopamine mm-hmm. without these B vitamins. So even if you don't have any kind of issues with producing serotonin or dopamine, which we're going to dive into in this next section, or you're deficient in any of these things from maybe an SSRI, but you are deficient in those B vitamins, you still cannot produce serotonin and dopamine adequately because it's mm-hmm. needed in that entire process of creating it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and dopamine, serotonin, those are kind of like our feel-good, happy hormones. So since we're talking about mood, you know, anything that we can do to increase the production and even just optimize the production of those is going to be helpful. So definitely want to make sure that we have enough of those good B vitamins. And I would say kind of a common thing that I see with a lot of my clients is they come in and we do testing and we find that they're deficient in some of those B vitamins. They could even have kind of a genetic mutation that is causing them to not be able to utilize those B vitamins. But I'll get clients that say, well, I'm taking a B12 supplement, which, you know, can be fine, but we have so many different types of B vitamins that just taking that one singular is not going to be enough. Yeah. We really do need to get on the proper forms of the B vitamins or get it from food. Mm -hmm. So some great sources of B6, for example, sunflower seeds, pistachios, more of that fish. So you get those omegas, see, Mm -hmm. and you get the B vitamins, which is why we say, hey, when you get it from food, you get a multitude of different sources of these micros and fats versus just just taking a bunch of different supplements. Tuna is a great source specifically of the B6, B vitamins, shellfish, chicken, turkey. So a lot of the animal type proteins, Mm -hmm. lean beef, Organ meats are a great source and we utilize organ meats a lot for people to get adequate B vitamins who suffer with gut issues. It's mm-hmm. very healing for other sources can be sweet potatoes, more avocado, leafy greens, cabbage. So you can get a lot of these B vitamins um, from your diet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a variety of different sources as well. And Rachel just listed off a lot of them. So you can even make a meal out yeah, of some of those things. a full meal right there yeah. with like the, the protein, the sweet potatoes, avocado. That's literally like basically my dinner every yeah. single night. Yep. Something really cool too also about the B vitamins. We look at a marker through Rachel Shoe Nutrition that looks at inflammation. It's called homocysteine. Mm. You may have heard of homocysteine before. A lot of people haven't. But this is a blood marker that we look at when and when it's elevated, it's been shown to correlate with dementia and other mental health issues. And that they've shown in studies when there's an increase in homocysteine, only about five millimoles per liter, so just five above like the the range that we're looking at, that there was a risk of cognitive deterioration by 40%. Oh, wow. So almost up to like half like 50% almost of cognitive deterioration when your homocysteine levels are high. And the good news is though that high homocysteine is reversible mm-hmm. just by literally the foods you're eating and nutrition. So the production of homocysteine is regulated by specific B vitamins. So yes, B12, um, folate, so that's vitamin B9. It's also a B vitamin in combination also with vitamin B6 that we just talked about. So if you don't have enough uh, B vitamins in your diet and your homocysteine goes up, this affects your circulation. So it's also a cardiovascular risk factor, affects blood flow to the brain. And when you're not having up or when you are having enough B vitamins, it then goes back to where it belongs. Mm -hmm. So we see this on the test. Hey, high Mm -hmm. homocysteine levels. We need to get you on some adequate B vitamins, folate. And we can do that definitely through diet and in some cases also through supplementation as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So one of my favorites for sure, those uh, lovely B vitamins. The (laughs) next one we're going to talk about is going to be magnesium. Perfect. Magnesium is, you know, just kind of another one of those nutrients that I would say a majority of the population is actually deficient in. Around 75% of the U.S. adult population actually doesn't meet the RDI or the recommended daily intake for magnesium. Um, And magnesium is involved in so many different processes throughout the body. You know, it's involved in regulating the stress response, you know, we can actually see that in those who struggle with anxiety, depression, irritability, all those things can be a really important one for them. And I remember for me, you know, kind of part of my stories, I used to struggle a lot with anxiety and magnesium was actually one of the first kind of supplements that I ever took 
to kind of help with some of that mental health. And I really saw such an amazing change in myself just from kind of focusing on that. And I think that really kind of sparked my journey into functional medicine Mm -hmm. because I was able to see, you know, the power of yes, the supplement, but also that kind of got me onto more of those food sources to kind of look and see, well, what else could I maybe deficient in? What other things could I be doing to kind of help with this thing that I'm dealing with, this mental health and this anxiety. Yeah. Um, And they've shown that it's actually involved in over like 300 different functions Mm -hmm. in the body. So we cannot list like all of those, but just know (laughs) that hormones, you know, your thyroid, estrogen detoxification, blood sugar, stress hormones, like Mm -hmm. Christine mentioned, it's really important. But how does it play a big role in the brain? And how does it help with anxiety? Well, one of the ways that it does this is it actually blocks the activity of more stimulating neurotransmitters um, and it binds to more calming receptors Mm -hmm. the brain. So Mm -hmm. this promotes more restful, more peaceful resting state. A lot of people will take magnesium before bed Mm -hmm. because it actually can also help regulate a lot of those stress hormones like cortisol, which is actually acting like a break on your body's nervous system. So it's bringing down those stress hormones and it's acting a lot on those calming receptors. So it's a great supplement that you can actually utilize at bedtime. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like everyone, especially in this day and age, could use a little bit more calm Oh, yeah. You know, we're always go, 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 heightened everything. So just kind of calming down a little bit, you know, releasing some of that stress and making sure we're getting in enough of that good magnesium. Obviously, that's going to help to improve your mood as well. Mm-hmm. So what are some great food sources that we can get magnesium from? Oh, well, this is one is one of my favorites. So kind of one of the first things that I always think of, pumpkin seeds are a great source mm-hmm. of magnesium, but also for my fellow dark chocolate lovers, this that's is going to be another great source of magnesium. So you want to make sure that your dark chocolate is at least 60%, preferably more. You know, we don't want a lot of those added sugars or anything, but that dark chocolate can be a great source of magnesium. Yeah. Everyone's going to be like, I up my intake of dark chocolate. And, yeah. I'm, and it helps. Dark chocolate helps with like so many different mood issues. Mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like I seriously have a piece of dark chocolate every night before bed. And I think we've gotten everyone on the RSN team Gosh. addicted to the eating evolved dark chocolate and we are not sponsored with them. But hey, if you're listening, you should definitely sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> we would love that. Because we, we are always pushing the eating evolved dark chocolate. They use like a little bit of coconut sugar. You can get like 100% dark. Mm-hmm. And then you can also That's get- my favorite. Favorite. Yeah. People think I'm weird. But it's a little dark. It's a little it's dark. It's a little um, dark, but you get used to it. I'm a weirdo, so I will actually buy the uh, 100% dark and then the 80%, and I'll eat a piece of both and top mm. put them on top of each mm-hmm. other. Mm-hmm. So it's equaling 90. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're working the system here. Working the system. Though. Like a little bit of sweetness, but it's like, okay, now it's 90. So it's yeah. better, right? Um, so let's talk a little bit about sources though. If you are going to supplement with magnesium, because a lot of people do like to supplement with magnesium and there's really two common types of magnesium that people will gravitate towards. The first one is going to be magnesium citrate and magnesium citrate is great, but it's not so great if you're trying to use this for anxiety, calmness. So citrate form pulls a lot of water into your gut. So if you're someone who struggles with constipation and going to the bathroom, magnesium also works great for that. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of our clients who suffer with GI issues and constipation, we utilize magnesium all the time. But if your goal is to promote calmness and all of that, the citrate part may not help (laughs) so much. (laughs) You may be going to the bathroom. You can look at doing a magnesium glycinate. That's going to be a very well-tolerated form that's absorbed um, easily into the body And this magnesium is combined with an amino acid actually called glycine. And glycine works alongside many neurotransmitters, chemicals in your brain like GABA to promote feelings of calmness. So glycine, you know, especially when we're having that magnesium glycinate type of magnesium can also help improve your sleep and your circadian rhythm and stress. So if you're going to take a supplement and you're doing it for anxiety and calmness, definitely look for a magnesium glycinate. If you're someone who suffers with constipation, then you can look for a magnesium citrate because there are just so many different types of magnesium out there. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. So we went through a good amount of the micronutrients that are common deficiencies in different food sources. We're going to talk next about amino acids. You guys know I've been in the world of bodybuilding before and fitness and hey, protein, it's great for building skeletal muscle mass, but it's also really, really essential for our brain and our mood as well too, because there is actually specific types of amino acids that we get from these protein sources that are needed to make certain neurotransmitters. And we've actually already talked a little bit about serotonin um, and how we need B vitamins in order to produce serotonin. But we need a lot of these amino acids also to produce these key neurotransmitters like serotonin and dopamine. So let's talk about tryptophan first. So one of the main neurotransmitters that most of us know about is serotonin. So anytime you've gone to the doctor and you've thought about getting on an antidepressant, or maybe you have been on an antidepressant, I know I have. I was put on an antidepressant for those who are listening when I was at like 16 years old. I was just a moody teenager who had <laughs> acne, drama in high school, but I was put on an SSRI and was really, really hard to get off of later on in life. But a lot of antidepressants are selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, meaning that they act on serotonin receptors. And nutrition is essential for the production of serotonin. So sometimes is it, you know, that we're not just producing adequate serotonin? That's always the question that we want to ask. So we need a few different micronutrients in order to produce serotonin. We need to get adequate tryptophan, which we get a lot of these sources from our animal protein specifically. So I already mentioned, you know, how important animal protein is for like omega-3 fatty acids, a lot of the other different micronutrients, but we also get a good amount of these amino acids to uh, produce things like tryptophan. And then tryptophan is converted into something called 5-HTP. And then we use B vitamins along with that to produce serotonin. So there's a lot of different things that are happening when we're trying to produce these neurotransmitters. So we can get on something, let's say like an SSRI and block that reuptake of serotonin, which can help. And sometimes, you know, medication is necessary. But I really think with functional medicine, if we can look at, hey, do we have these deficiencies? Mm -hmm. Are we getting adequate protein to produce some of these neurotransmitters? That's going to be, you know, maybe a better option for a lot of people. So some great sources of uh, tryptophan, animal protein, chicken, fish specifically. So if you are vegan or you eat very little animal protein, your levels very well could be low. But there are some, okay, plant-based options that you can get some tryptophan from. You can get them through from chia seeds. And we've mentioned that even before. Chia seeds are definitely a superfood. Sesame seeds can also be another good source, but you do still have to be getting these proteins and these amino acids. So like going on a full, you know, raw vegetable based <laughs> diet, you know, can leave us feeling mm -hmm. very depleted sometimes and even experiencing things like depression. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing that I hope that you all hear from kind of everything that we're going over is that there's not necessarily one specific nutrient that is leading to kind of some of these symptoms to occur. Like there's so many different things that we want to look at. And that's why we really talk about that variety of our dietary mm -hmm. intake is because we want to make sure, okay, not only are we getting that good tryptophan from the amino acids, we're getting those good B vitamins from some of the different leafy greens, but we want all of these different things to really optimize everything that your body is doing. And so making sure that we have that variety. And you can also see that, you know, some of these different micronutrients have overlapping food sources. So it's not like you have to eat different things mm -hmm. to get every single one of these different micronutrients. Like there can be a little bit of overlap, but having that variety of dietary intake is so important to really optimize all of these different key nutrients that we're discussing. Yeah. And so even just with what we've gone over so far, and we're going to dive into a little bit more here on the amino acids, but you can imagine, you know, for the standard American diet, you know, mm. not even having a first meal, having coffee with like sugar, you know, is like their mm -hmm. first meal, those Starbucks drinks, ton of sugar, 
dairy sometimes in that as well too. No protein, no healthy fats, no micronutrients. And they go into their their first meal of the day, mm. which is sometimes lunch. And then they get some processed food options, no vegetables, no micronutrients mm-hmm. in there, poor quality protein, you know, snacking throughout the day, which we'll talk about snacking in a minute. We're not really big snacker people. And then we're eating this dinner that's sometimes also very processed. Maybe mm-hmm. we're getting some proteins, but they're really poor quality proteins, not the good types of fats, very yeah. processed, eating out fast food. Freak, no wonder we're all so depressed right? all the time. And then you throw in there a <laughs> pandemic and all this other stuff, mm-hmm. like, and then we're overweight. You know, we have inflammation in the body because of our diet, because of everything and our yeah. lack of exercise. Like it, it makes sense kind of, mm-hmm. you know, why so many of us suffer. And I think one of the greatest things we can do is focusing on, you know, our food first, using food as medicine, because look, literally like the people who utilized a whole food-based diet along with like the talk therapy and the social stuff, with the study I went over at the beginning, like they made, you know, 33% improvement in their depression. And I think if you can combine that with some other different things as well, mm-hmm. too, it's like why, like we have no reason to like not like get better. And yeah. like there's so many different options out there. And I think just so many people aren't aware of them. Absolutely. Are the role that our diet plays. Mm-hmm. So the next amino acid that I want to dive into, there are actually two, but they go hand in hand together, tyrosine and phenylalanine. And although serotonin gets a lot of the attention and most of the hype, dopamine. You guys may have heard of dopamine before. It's another neurotransmitter and it's just as important for mental health and mood. So tyrosine is a non-essential amino acid. So meaning our bodies can make it on its own. So tryptophan, like we talked about, that is an essential amino acid. So if you're not getting in enough tryptophan from your diet, you cannot produce adequate serotonin. But tyrosine, because it's non-essential, it can make it on its own. However... The caveat is that this amino acid, it needs to be produced from another amino acid. And this is called phenylalanine, which is an essential amino acid. And it needs to be obtained, therefore, from our diet. So it boils down to really, are we getting enough phenylalanine in our diet? And we need about 33 milligrams per kilogram of body weight per day. So some great sources are going to be all of those animal proteins, chicken, beef, eggs, fish, especially fatty cuts of fish like salmon, striped bass, halibut are going to be great sources. And then if you want to go with some plant-based options, um, some okay sources can be almonds. Once again, chia seeds, pumpkin seeds, and sesame seeds as well too. So kind of like the bottom line, you know, between these um, neurotransmitters, you know, got to be getting in that protein. Mm -hmm. So we've talked a ton about these micronutrients and it's very, very apparent how important our diet is for our mental health and how any of these deficiencies can be playing a huge role. But one thing we also want to talk about is meal timing and blood sugar balance because this can also, when we combine it with these these great nutrition foods that we've been talking about, lots of protein and healthy fats and these leafy greens and avocados, and we time it correctly and we combine them in the right way, this can be a complete game changer for your mood, your energy Mm -hmm. and your mental health, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, kind of talking about blood sugar balance is one of my passions and something that I discuss with all of my clients, not only from just kind of like a physical perspective, but also because of the great benefits of really eating in a way that's going to be balancing for your blood sugar. And I know that I have talked to so many of my clients who, when we get them on a really good kind of schedule and kind of give them the education when it comes to blood sugar balance, they come back and they're like, I feel so much better. I have so much more energy, more mental clarity. I feel like my mood is more stable throughout the day. You know, I'm not having those mood swings where I'm hangry or I'm yelling at my husband or, you know, kind Mm -hmm. of all of those things. So it's more, it has more of a positive impact on so many different aspects of our life to kind of focus on that blood sugar balance. So what are some ways that we can balance our blood sugar? So we used to say, hey, it's eat six small meals constantly throughout <sighs> the day. Hey, you know what? My blood sugar is always dropping. I always go hypoglycemic, mm-hmm. so I got to eat some carbs constantly throughout the day. What is your suggestion? You know, because Christine's like literally the blood sugar expert here because it helps with literally everything when you mm-hmm. get your blood sugar balance. So like, what are some ways like you like your clients to combine foods 
foods in Mm -hmm. order to balance their blood sugar. Yeah, absolutely. So there's this thing that I call the three musketeers, kind of cheesy, but now all of you guys will remember it. So it's three components that you want to have at every single meal to make sure that your blood sugar levels are going to be really balanced. And so the first component is going to be protein. So we want to have that good protein source. You know, protein helps keeps us full. All of those amino acids, you know, Rachel went into a few of them, but those amino acids are going to help with building muscle. It's going to help with, you know, the production of those different nutrients that we talked about. So protein is always going to be number one. Number two is going to be a good source of fat. So yes, we do want to consume fat. You know, fat is not the enemy, but we also want to be aware of the types of fat that we're consuming. So those good omega-3s, which we discussed earlier, you know, things like avocados, nuts and seeds, fatty fish, olives, those are all going to be really good sources of fat. And what we can see is that fat is one of those key nutrients that really helps to stabilize that blood sugar level. Mm. So getting in that good fat, it's also very satiating, which means it gives you that feeling of fullness and really just kind of that feeling of satisfaction after your meal. So that's kind of component number two. And then the last one is going to be non-starchy vegetables or fiber. So those non-starchy vegetables, you know, you can kind of think of this as anything that grows above the ground. So all of your leafy greens, which we know those leafy greens are going to give us those good B vitamins, all of the cruciferous vegetables. So looking at some of those things to really provide us, you know, some of that bulk to our meals. So those three musketeers, you always want to have those in combination with each other. And trust me, you're going to notice such a difference after eating a meal with those three components versus just kind of something random that you throw together. Yeah. And oftentimes when I hear someone say, Hey, I'm hungry. And I just ate a little bit ago, you know, you can probably assume you didn't get enough protein or fats Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. your meal, which is why you're, you're hungry. I'm not really for snacking. I'm not saying never snack, but ideally we're adults and we want to eat meals. So I think if we're getting adequate protein, you know, split out throughout the day, we're getting as much protein to support early in body mass, adequate amino acids from a lot of these sources we talked about. We're getting a good amount of those healthy fats with each of those meals. And then you're getting in some of the fiber with each of those meals. And then depending on what your goals are, whether you're, you know, someone who is an athlete and training really hard. You may throw some starches in there, some sweet potato, Mm -hmm. things like that as well too. But really, we should be eating more meals. If you're someone who's incredibly, incredibly active, we may add in, you know, some additional meals even Mm -hmm. as well too. But there's there's not a whole lot of healthy snacks, and most snacks a don't have a whole lot of protein in them. Yes, nuts, seeds, they do have protein, but they're really not giving your body enough protein that it needs. So we need to be getting in all of our nutrition basically through the meals that we're eating and a good way to tell if your blood sugar is balanced is, you know, can you go from breakfast, lunch, and dinner with not having to snack, mm-hmm. you know, with having that adequate fasting period, which is also so good for your gut health yeah. because during that fasting period, you give your gut a chance to rest and digest. And then we get these cleaning waves that activate and actually clean out bacteria and toxins during that period of time that helps keep our blood sugar really stable. And then also fasting. Fasting. So people who have adequate blood sugar levels that are well controlled, you can fast for a little bit of period of time. So people who I hear with who are more carb burners, sugar burners, you know, they're more carbohydrate dependent, not getting adequate uh, protein or fats in their diet. Sometimes they're like, oh my God, I have to eat immediately when I wake up in the morning mm-hmm. or I'm like, and you get a lot of those mood instability issues. And it's really hard when your blood sugar drops and, you know, to be happy and loving (laughs) towards like your person. So sometimes it's like, okay, are they just hungry? Are they just, you know, have blood sugar (laughs) crash or, you know, something else going on? And oftentimes it seriously can be the blood sugar part of it. Absolutely. And I remember when my anxiety was kind of at its peak, I was actually on pretty much a plant-based diet. And I was kind of like you said, like I would wake up and immediately I had to have food. I always had to carry, you know, some sort of bar or something in my bag to make sure that if I had one of those crashes, I had something to kind of Mm -hmm. snack on. And so I feel like I was constantly looking for and constantly waiting for the next time that I could eat. And like I said, I was very anxious. You know, I didn't feel good. My mood wasn't good. I wasn't confident because all those things 
have an effect. And so when I was able to really focus on the foods that I was consuming and really balance out my blood sugar levels and kind of replace some of those key nutrients that I really was deficient in, I was able to see such a change in not only my body, but also in my mood. Yeah. And another sign of blood sugar imbalances is going to be a lot of cravings. So Mm -hmm. we'll hear our clients be like, oh my God, I'm just craving all of these carbs and these sugars. And I'm, and it's not even always that they're hungry. It's just that they have a ton of cravings. Mm -hmm. So some cool things you'll notice when you get your blood sugar balanced, you have more sustained energy. You don't have to worry about snacking throughout the day. Your mood's better. And it just literally helps with everything. Your hormones fall Mm -hmm. into place as well too. Your body's circadian rhythm. We could go on and on and on, but literally some of the core things we start with, with our practices is your blood sugar balance. And what do we need to do in order to get it balanced and figuring out, you know, the appropriate meal timing for you, you know, what, what, your body needs in terms of protein, fats, calories, and all of that as well. So this has been a lot of information and we know it. So we want to try to talk about now like what a day could actually look like. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of different foods that had um, a multitude of overlapping micronutrients in it. So I think like, Christine, what do you feel like, like, what would like a brain healthy like day of eating look like in your opinion? What would breakfast be? Yeah, absolutely. So for breakfast for me, I love a good savory breakfast. So I think that I would maybe do some smoked salmon for those omega, maybe even even throw in some ground turkey. I make this kind of like turkey sausage recipe that you Mm. put me onto. So maybe add in some ground turkey to get those amino acids and then probably do some like sauteed spinach, bell peppers for some of those B vitamins, and then maybe even top it with some walnuts for just a little bit of a crunch. Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) So especially for someone who maybe wants to go with like the egg-free option, that would be really Mm -hmm. good. So some of my go-tos for breakfast, I'm an egg girl. So I like to do some whole eggs to get those amino acids, choline, maybe some sauteed spinach. You can get some B vitamins and folate that way. Cook it in a good avocado oil with a side of blueberries too. Mm. We didn't talk about antioxidants but blueberries are a great source of that. can also be just really good for your mental health as well. So yeah, a lot of different options mm-hmm. and way to incorporate that. Lunch, what do you feel like could be some good lunch lunch options people can do? <laughs> well, not only am I the blood sugar balance queen, but I also feel like I'm the salad queen. Uh-huh. So definitely I would go with some type of salad, you know, kind of throw in a couple of different types of mixed greens. So maybe some arugula, some spinach, uh, maybe even some spring mix in there as well. I love doing some good free range chicken for lunch. So that could be kind of a, something I could throw on there. Maybe some beets, even some mm-hmm. goat cheese and avocado for some of those good healthy fats. And then I love to have, you know, kind of some texture. So maybe some pumpkin seeds for that good magnesium. That sounds really, really good. Beets actually <laughs> are so good in a salad. I yes. love them. Lunch option I came up with, you could do salmon. So get those omega-3s mm-hmm. over a bed of leafy greens, avocado in it, pumpkin seeds. I did the same thing. Top it with some olive oil. Some things we sometimes like to do too is I do like a protein like smoothie bowl. Mm-hmm. So this is a great like alternative if you're on the go. You can find some good collagen or a plant-based protein. So you're still getting in a good amount of amino acids. Throw in there some berries, spinach for B vitamins and folate. And then you can also throw in some of those healthy fats like almond butter and chia Mm -hmm. seeds as well too. So you can still get in a lot of this nutrition through doing uh, like a good protein shake. We just recommend if you're doing so, just make sure they're not like sugar bombs. You still got to get the protein. (laughs) You still got to get some healthy fats Mm -hmm. if it's going to be replacing a meal there. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Dinner. What did you come up with? So for dinner, I'm curious to see if we kind of came up with the same thing. So I would start off with some grass-fed ground beef. I like doing more of like my red meats for dinner. That's just like personal preference. Definitely some roasted sweet potato. That's one of my favorites. And then I love doing some kale sauteed in avocado oil. So you get those good omega-3s, some of the folate, those B vitamins from the kale, definitely some of those different micronutrients from the sweet potato. And then obviously the protein in the ground beef. Yeah. Mine's pretty grass fed beef or bison. I do a ton of bison. Mm-hmm. It's always grass fed. I don't have to worry about wondering if it's grain fed or not. Yeah. So I do a ton of bison. I actually put sauteed cabbage, a coconut <laughs> avocado oil with some sesame seeds and coconut aminos. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you guys haven't heard of coconut aminos, it's like a soy sauce alternative with a side of sweet potatoes. And then for dessert. Oh, of course. That was one of the things uh-huh. I put on here. I had to get our dark chocolate. Yeah. Some dark chocolate for dessert. So like you guys can literally take these, you know, meal 
examples mm-hmm. that, that we created. Utilize them yourself and you're going to be having a, a healthy brain balanced meal. Going to feel awesome throughout the day. But if you are someone who is struggling with depression, anxiety, any other type of mood imbalances like Christine and I, we have been there before. Mm-hmm. Nutrition is so important and that's one of the first places to start. You know, looking at your diet, are you eating a healthy whole food based diet or you're giving your body the nutrients it's need? And that can be a great place to start. But sometimes there can be other things that are off mm-hmm. in the body. We've seen it time and time again with our practice between hormonal imbalances, mm-hmm. low hormones like testosterone, estrogen, progesterone. We've seen thyroid issues. We've seen gut issues. Gut is huge, huge, huge with mood. You know, we've seen toxins come back and heavy metals, which those cross the blood brain barrier. And then there's also, you guys, like situational too. Like this year has been a freaking hard year for Mm. so many of us, you know, and if you also have trauma that's unresolved, then, you know, that can also stay stuck in the body. So there's a lot of different things. We're a big advocate for, you know, hey, let's first start with our diet, getting our health right. Sometimes though, there really can be some things that are off and that's why functional medicine nutrition is so great because we can actually test for all of these things. Mm. Like you may be like, hey, I'm doing a lot of these things with my diet, but there are still certain things that are off or your gut is off and you're not absorbing things adequately. So, or there's food sensitivities that are going on there. So we can look at all of these things and say, hey, we're going to test, not just guess, know Mm -hmm. exactly what is off, come up with a good nutrition approach for you to balance your blood sugar, to make sure you're getting in the right type of nutrients and adequate protein that your body needs, and then create a plan to address things that are off and the order that they occur. And that's just like, it's so, so cool to have someone who's just walking with you you know, to help figure out what some of these core things are that are off, um, to coach with you, to be your advocate throughout this entire process. Cause I also know how lonely it can be to feel like, Hey, Mm. you know, I'm feeling stuck. I'm not happy with where I'm currently at. And I know I need to make some changes. Maybe you're not at your fullest potential quite yet of what you know, know, know you're capable of. You know, I say, you know, get your health right, get your body right, get your physiology right. And so many other things will fall into place. And it doesn't mean there won't be other things and stressors in the world and all of that that's happening. But I think, you know, this is us saying, what are the things that we can control? Mm -hmm. You know, what is it that we can control in our health truly, truly is our wealth. And if we don't have our health, you know, it is really hard for anything else in our lives to matter, truly. Mm -hmm. So if you guys took some things away from today's podcast, we'd love it if you shared it um, with anybody, somebody who's maybe suffering with, you know, any kind of mood issues, depression, anxiety. We think people need to hear this. I mean, it could help so many people by just making some of these nutrition changes. Christine is amazing at all of this blood sugar balance her area is also hormones PCOS she's great in gut health you guys if you want to book a free 15 minute call with her you can do so on the website and we will put her link here down below what she'll do during that call is see if you are a good fit for what it is that we do with functional medicine the testing nutrition coaching and vice versa that we can really help you and understand what your goals are yeah Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me on, Rachel. It was a pleasure. Yeah. Is there anything that uh, you wanted to add or that I missed here? I don't think so. All right. We got it. Thank you guys again for tuning in. And this has been Sheer Madness. 